Hey there, Jules here, and welcome to Jules Loves Me, the podcast. My life is a surrender experiment where I choose faith over fear to follow my intuition. And it has all led me here to share wholehearted stories about what I've learned along the way. So take a nice deep breath, settle in, and remember, the light in me loves the light in you. Now let the elevation of your soul's experience begin. Hey there, Jules and Josh here, coming to you with part, what is this? Part three. Three. Cultivating peace in stressful moments. So we've been recapping all of the things that we personally do when we are in tough, stressful moments. So this part is all about affirmations. Like, and if you don't use affirmations, I'm sure you're like, uh, that's pretty corny. But let me tell you what, I think that's the part of it. It's like, it's supposed to look like it's hokey, yeah. but it's like an actual superpower it really is in superpower. within it. It's yeah. so cool the way it works when you start to use it. Yeah, you want to change your life, start affirming what you really want. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. So, fun fact. Fun fact. Did you know that the way that you heal the brain from a brain injury is by using your mind. The thing that's broken? <laughs> right. You don't heal the thing that's broken with the thing that's broken? No, no, not even. The, the, the brain is what's hurt. The mind is something else. Mm. So the mind is that belief. It's that power, right? So if I believe that it's broken, then it's broken. If I believe it's healing, it's healing. That's how strong it is. So. Is that how you? So. Well, I mean, the, the, for those of that are listening, <laughs> they didn't see that you just did like the crazy. No. <laughs> <Got> no. <laughs> uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so next thing I was going to say was you might know somebody who <laughs> used this trick <laughs> to heal their brain. And that person is, yes, in fact, me. This wasn't a brain injury. It was a brain tumor. And mm. so I was diagnosed. Much scarier than a brain injury, actually. Yeah. So I was diagnosed with an operable brain tumor, uh, which means, like, they cannot get it out. All right? So they tell me, you have a brain tumor, and we're not going to be able to biopsy it. We're not going to be able to do anything to it because we may hurt you more than we can help you so we do know that stress is the number one thing that will harm you so don't stress out thanks doc yes <laughs> so with the straightest face he was just like so don't don't panic don't freak out and I was like, well, what's my life expectancy? And he said, well, since we can't biopsy it and we can't tell you if it's cancerous or not, all we can say is you could have 10 days to 10 years. And what oh, year was that? Okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that was really tough to swallow. So um, it was 11 years ago. Wow. You made it past your 10-year I year made mark. it past my 10-year mark. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here with you guys. And so 
what happened was I started taking medication. Mm-hmm. It made me violently ill. It was terrible. It made me feel like someone was beating my head with a bat. Mm. I would just be sick, 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 sick. I couldn't get out of bed. It was terrible. And I remembered feeling that there was no way that I was going to avoid the stress. It just felt like an impossible... You're a human. I couldn't believe that that was my prescription, really. Just no stress. And I was like, what is that? What do I do, go live on a beach? But I will say, though, when I did stress, when I did get upset, I got sick. Mm. Like, it, it it was almost as if my body were using this to show me how detrimental stress was for me. And so, you know, it's almost like a a child learning that a stove is hot by touching it. So I only needed to stress myself out a few times before I started to realize like it wasn't worth it. And so I started to try to figure out like I was like I gotta I gotta get out of this like so I did gotta... they tell you like does the um, on a chemical level does the cortisol that's a re- that's released that we talked about in the last video is that did that actually cause the tumor to grow or to be inflamed in some way yeah so the inflammation was mm-hmm. what it would cause the area it could speed up growth potentially um, but the main thing was just it would cause my blood pressure to go up it would cause all these kinds of things that would then if then that causes swelling within the brain and so just from every angle of it it's just not a good situation right so I'm thinking all right um live like you're dying (laughs) kind of thing so I come from this space of I need to enjoy things I need to you know live life and thankfully a, a little book called The Secret came out at the same time. So this is about 2006. And that book gave me examples. There's actually a movie too. And gave me examples of medical miracles of people who had beat like, you know, all these different types of cancer or different types of ailments and whatever have you that just seemed impossible. And so they gave me a visual they gave me hope. They gave me something to cling on to. And so I knew that if I could believe, if I could change my beliefs, if I could change the thoughts around this, that I had a chance. And so, and I think that's why I'm so passionate about this work is because I know that it saved my own life. Right. And so I started to speak differently about the tumor. It was never my tumor. It was the tumor, you know, it just felt like it was visiting me. It didn't feel like it was there to stay or there to take me down. It felt like it was there to wake me up. The story is (laughs) what happened was I was working a job that I hated. So I was working at a big box retailer and I was on track to make a lot of money. And at that point that was success. You know, I'm, in my mid-20s and I'm thinking like yeah you know like I'm gonna get to be store manager and I'm gonna have this you know great paycheck coming in this is it and I hated my job I hated my job and so I was often you know upset whenever I had to go to work and it just wasn't the right fit for me but it was what success looked like to me at that point 
And so and I you, decided. How do you walk away from something that is picture perfect? Right, as far you need as the what, money, right? Yeah, and it's got benefits, and I got 401k, got and I got, and I got all the things. I got all the things. And so I thought, well, I I remember I heard some of the employees, and I'm the manager. I'm hearing some of my employees talking about me and how I'm a horrible fit for this job. And uh, they were not being realized because they knew that it wasn't like, they put me in this position, but there were other people that were a better fit, but I got the job. And they knew that and I knew that. And so I knew that they weren't wrong for what they were saying. And I remember going back home that night and I was so upset and I was just crying and I was praying. Oh, you've been there when you're in that space where you're just like, just just make it stop, God, just help me or whatever you call God, just make it just whatever, you know, I just need this to end. And I got to this place of, of in my prayer of just, if I'm doing something wrong here, because it seemed like I'm, I'm trying, I'm doing the best I can. If I'm on the wrong path, if I'm not supposed to be here, please let me know, send me a sign, send me a signal. And if I miss it, if I miss the signal that you're sending me, drop a box on my head so I don't miss it. So when I go back to work um, the next the next day, I go to work and I'm building a display because we would build displays during store hours. And I'm working um, with a ladder and there's a box, a uh, 20 pound box of peg hooks on top of a 20 foot ladder. And a customer hits the cart by accident. And and I'm looking at what I'm going to be doing next and right. the box falls onto my head as if there were a bullseye right on top. I mean like, bam, hits me. So now I've ruptured three discs in my C-spine and I'm out on workers' comp. Uh, message received. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy is like the message, you said if I miss the message, then drop a box on my head. Mm -hmm. So the message was when you hated your job. Ah, whoa. That was your, nice. your heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. don't miss that one because the box might fall on your head, right? So if you're miserable at your job, take heed the warning, heed right? The warning, yeah. So so that's how we that's how I found out mm -hmm. that this was happening. And so during that process, you know, again I was I found the secret and I was, you know, really into just trying to figure out what whatever I could do to to shake this, to to make this go away. And um, so for the next year and a half, I completely decided to start living the life that I had always wanted. And I was out on workers comp, so I wasn't allowed to work um, while this was happening. And I moved back home. And not only am I back home, but I'm like, just kind of lost trying to figure things out you know yeah, you got you got a neck injury you can't work <laughs> and all of a sudden you got a brain tumor and i got a brain like, tumor and like don't yeah. stress yeah right right mm -hmm. all's well don't stress right all is not well yeah yeah and um and so the, like a lot of stuff was falling down on me <laughs> I, I didn't mean <laughs> so to funny. do <laughs> i didn't mean to do that so i the what i decided to do was to change what i was speaking and I decided to speak a life. I, I didn't want to, I started telling my friends that, you know, I might die and, the, and they were freaking out and some people couldn't handle it and they stopped talking to me and I was like, ah, this sucks. Every time, like, I feel like I'm already dead, you know? I was like, I gotta start speaking life. Like, I gotta start 
feeling stuff that feels good. And so the life that I was talking about was I wanted to pursue makeup. I had always been interested in beauty and all that stuff. And I decided to, you know, give that a shot. And then that took me on a very different path that included meeting you. So clearly I needed to get rerouted. And so during that process of being rerouted and things changing, I also changed my brain. So in that process, I was starting to speak very positively about things. I, I started to, I got nothing to lose people. I'm gonna die at any point. Who cares if I fall on my face? Like I'm gonna move to Savannah and I'm gonna be a makeup artist. Even if makeup ain't a thing yet. How about that? I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> I thought she was crazy. <laughs> Not gonna lie. You and everybody else thought I, I was crazy. I know. We were like, You're gonna do real? what? And people are gonna pay you for that? Yeah. And I was like, Mm hmm, they are. And guess what? It worked. And this is circa 2007. Right. This is like before the makeup artistry industry, you know, came to be what it is now. And so I just believed because I had nothing to lose. So all I knew was that stress makes me sick. I don't want to feel like I'm already dead. I am not sure how much time I have. I got nothing else to lose. Just, you know, start Follow what you love. Start feeling the love, you know, feeling the joy and start speaking it. And that's when I understood how strong my words were. And so I get to Savannah, fast forward in the story, 2009. I also, during that time period, like you said, like I have neck injury, the box falls on my head. I Two months later, somebody also hit me, uh, hit my car, <laughs> and right. I got in a car accident, and it messed up my back. So mm. now I know it's a lot. But in 2009, now we are in India to get my back surgery, and uh, there's a scan that's done, and the scan on my brain is done because I we're trying to see if I'm a candidate for a gamma knife. Right. We wanted to and see if we could so, go ahead and get that taken care right. of. Right. And the reason Something I'm telling right. this story is because when they this is after two years of me focusing on the good and focusing on that this tumor is not gonna stop me and I'm going to live and I am breathing life right now. And I'm just like I convinced myself of that and I took it to the hilt. I mean, I just, you know, I'm just going with it. Why not? This is my one shot kind of feeling. And we get to India, they do the brain scans, they call you in and they say, she has a perfectly healthy brain. There's nothing here. Yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Medical miracle. Achieved. Achieved. So that's when I knew that there was something to this. Mm -hmm. That's when I knew. But I had also changed my life in the respect of like the things I was reading was all backing up how I wanted to feel. The things I was watching was backing up how I wanted to feel. Even though I wasn't there yet, I was still trying to feed myself good stuff, you know? And so the, the main thing that I learned was that not only can we heal ourselves, but really the bigger takeaway that I, I hope that you leave with is that you can train your brain to, to feel differently. Like we have all been given different 
ingrained things that have just been passed along just from you being around whoever you were around for the first seven years of your life you know so there's you used different... the word the other day it was generational triggers mm-hmm. that was that was powerful for me when you said that because um, i feel you know like within my family my uh, on my dad's side especially um well both sides there's a lot of you know of negativity that comes down the line of people that just naturally just don't feel good about life you know for whatever reason um, but, but that word, that generational trigger or a, a generational, um, uh, what's another word for it? Patterns. Patterns. There we go. A generational pattern, um, gave me an idea of like, oh, I didn't, like, that's just something that, that came down through learned behavior. Like it was passed genetics. along to you. Yeah, it was like, it's right. like a part of genetics and it's part learned behavior and it's, and it, but it's really, it's still my cocktail. So I can still change all that stuff i don't have to believe it i don't have to own it the same way she didn't own her tumor i didn't have to own the negativity that my family you know passed on to me well and they that was passed on to them right is really what it is we can and, break the chain and everybody is really doing the best that they can right and that's the I main don't put thing. any blame to the people no it's way just what happened there's and there's no there's no there's no power or anything in blaming anybody mm-hmm. you know because you're just you're just putting attention into the wrong place. So when you understand that these things are passed down from generation to generation and your parents, parents, their parents and the before, you know what I mean? Like it all is a part of it and that you have the opportunity in your life to change things, you know, by all means, you learned so many great things from your parents, as did I, like having my mom, there's, there's so many of, of good stuff that's inside of me including my generosity with love Mm. came from my mom and so but there's a lot of other things that were passed to her that i know she wished she didn't have that i can make a decision to change right so i changed that by hardwiring in new beliefs hardwiring them in through repetition and so when i'm in that really stressful situation and i feel upset or i feel sad or whatever it is instead of doing the you know the knee-jerk reaction or saying the the thing that i've heard being said throughout my whole life or just kind of like well that's just what people say i started questioning that stuff i started paying attention to that stuff and going hmm but i don't like that Mm -hmm. you know i don't like the way that feels or sounds so with that type of of thinking I started to realize that I'm also really hard on myself. There's a lot of harsh judgments that were going on inside of the privacy of my own mind. I would, you know, to me it was like I didn't need anybody else to judge me or anything because I'm going to beat myself up enough, way mm-hmm. more than you could ever do to me. So you could just keep your business to yourself and I'll be over here like, you know, tearing myself up. And I realized that I thought that was good because then that would make me stronger and that would make me work harder and that would make me, you know, like that. To drag yourself through the mud. Yeah, like that whip, you know, like if I, if, you know, you just can't give yourself a break. You just got to push, push, push. And then I realized I'm like, golly, man, like I am, I'm like a bully to myself, you know? And then I realized that that was my negative talk, Mm -hmm. that that wasn't really me. And we all have that internal dialogue that's going on. We all have that, you know, uh, whether it be negative or positive, there's always this internal dialogue. And so in the last video, part two in awareness, we talked about becoming aware of the story, right? So 
if there's this negative wah, 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 chatterbox always going off, giving me terrible advice, bullying me and beating me up, well, what am I going to do? Well, when you're trying to survive a brain tumor, you decide I'm not going to listen to that because I don't want to believe that I'm going to die. I don't want to believe that I'm going to forget everybody. Or that you're worthless now because you're going to die anyway. Yeah, or I'm broken. Yeah, you're right? broken. Oh, that's a good one. So I don't, I don't want to feel, feel those things. So I'm going to tell myself what I want to feel. I'm going to tell myself what feels like truth to my being. And the truth to my being was, is that this was not the end. This was not the end for me. I knew that and I, and I hung on to that. And there was a connection to something greater than me. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter what name you put on it, but I just knew that having that feeling that I wasn't alone helped, you know, it just helped me tune into it. And so the I am statements, that's why they're the strongest because it's almost as if you are linking up with something that your brain, your mind, your being almost can't even comprehend. So you're just linking up with that. And so when you speak things and say, I am brave, even if you are scared shitless, I am brave. It does something. It like makes you feel something. I am peaceful. Even though you're not feeling very peaceful, but you tell yourself this, you, you, cause that's where you want to be and you're giving yourself a way to get there. And now you've got a friend in your corner that's helping you. And that friend is actually you. And so when you're helping yourself and that's what you have to remember, it's like, you can think it's hokey all you want. It doesn't matter. Cause if you believe that it's not going to work, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You're going to be right. hundred percent of the time. hundred <laughs> percent. But if you think that it will work, then it will. You know, Julian asked me, this is our son, I asked, he asked me, Mama, why are you magic? <laughs> Legit question. And I, and I said, because I believe I'm magic. And he said, huh, well, I believe I'm magic too. <laughs> and that's what I want for all of you too to understand is to understand that whatever it is that you believe that's it whatever you think thoughts plus feelings equal the outcome so in my situation I was not sitting around thinking that I was gonna die I was thinking about how to live and so I spoke life into myself and then my feelings about that were very optimistic I was like I'm do you know everything in my life doing was good, supporting the life that I was speaking. And you know what equaled my outcome? I'm sitting here right now, <laughs> all these years later, baffling people with scans, like what? So know that there is such a strong power in that. And when you use the IMs, it, it ignites something within your, within your soul, within that links up with your inner spirit that is just unshakable, you know? Mm -hmm. And you, you need practice. You gotta do it all the time, you know? So you have to find the thing that works for you, the thing that clicks, the thing that makes you feel like, yes, that makes me feel lit up. That makes me feel so strong. You know, maybe it's, 
I am capable. Maybe it's something that is about feeling in tune and saying, I am aligned. I am connected. I am connected, you know, whatever it is. But find, find what that is by practicing. Throw some stuff out. It'll hit your truth bell. Yeah. You'd be like, bing, can, oh, that's you can it. Make it a, you can make it a game, you know. Maybe you're just like in a simple creative block. You're not stressed out or anything, but you're just in a creative block. Tell yourself, I am creative. Mm-hmm. I am inspired. Mm-hmm. I, am a, I am able to access things from the blue. <laughs> from the blue. From the blue. Because mm-hmm. things that come out of it are so are good. Magical. So one of my favorite ones, and this is a big one, so big. I am enough. Mm. but I like to make it a little different because I like to say I am doing enough because I am enough because a lot of times I have a lot to do and then I feel like I have so much more to do and then I start to kind of get trapped in that busy 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 kind of feeling and so when I remind myself that because I start to feel a little stressy about it I'm like I got a lot of stuff to do got a lot of stuff to do and then I remember that it's not about what I'm achieving or, or how many marks are getting off my to-do list. It's about being in the moment, being present, enjoying the day, enjoying my children, enjoying you, you know, just, just being able to be aware of that. And then so in order to calm down and say, I am doing enough because I am enough. And that a lot of times will just like, I'm like, that's right. You are doing enough. I am doing enough. You know, you know? <laughs> you know one day of affirmation that I will never forget? There was one day when we lived in Savannah, um, and, and she she had to go to three different places and get to the studio for Ooh, an appointment. If you're on my email list, you know the story. Yeah, so she had, she had to do all this stuff, and she was, like, she was like, all right, well, I'm leaving. And I was like, you don't have time. Like, just drop something off your list so that you can actually make it to your appointment on time. You don't have to do everything. It'll be all right. And she's like, I can do it. I am expanding time. I said, I can do impossible things. I can do impossible things. And you That's also said, said, I am expanding time. I am expanding time. And so she kept that thought in her mind the whole time. And then I'm, I'm sitting back there. I'm like, you know, I'm like, God, I wonder where she is now. I wonder where she is now. Did she make it? And he wasn't and then, trying to be mean. He just no, didn't want me to like just, break my neck trying to yeah, get the stuff done. I was done. like, it's just not necessary, you know? And then but she, I get to the, but the thing is, is like everything worked in sequential order perfectly. Like, the, the one parking spot I needed was open. The person I needed to speak to was available immediately. Like the mail person was there to take my packet. You know what I mean? Like it all worked out. And she texted me like two minutes before I was going to say from the studio and was like, I'm here. And I was like, I was like, wow, guess what? Mama's magic. And I, I mean, seriously, like if you if you were to Google Maps and hit all the locations she had to go, it would add up to too much time. Yeah. I don't know how it happened. Yeah. But I believed, and I wasn't speeding either. So no, just know that. So speed. just know that. So the thing is, is that I believed I didn't get caught up and trip myself up with the stress. I believed that I could get it done. And I told myself I could get it done. So while my head wanted to be like, He's right, you can't do this. And echo what you were saying, because your brain sometimes not only has the negative chatter, but then it also has echoes of other people's, other people's negative chatter. chatter. Yeah. 
And so the way that you separate yourself from that, because you can't shut it down immediately when you think like, I'm gonna quiet that up. Like it cracks me up when people are like, I'm gonna kill my ego. And I came from that place too. I'm gonna kill my ego. Man, try. Yeah. Your ego's gonna come up and rage and be so loud. It's gonna tear you down. So the thing is, is like understanding that you just make peace with it and you separate. It's like going to a different room. It's like, I don't hear that. I'm not listening to that. What I'm trying to do is speak life into my life, period, you know? So practice the affirmations, find, find a mantra. A mantra is something that you can repeat to yourself over and over again. So like I love to say, peace washes over me now. That's a really great mantra. Um, you find, maybe it's a scripture. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's whatever feels right to you because this is so personal, so personal. It has to be tailor-made to what rings your truth bell and feels right to you and sits well with your soul. Not mine, not his, yours. So I just want to leave you on that note because, you know, it's just it's just such a... Ah, so good. I'm just so excited for you because yes, I, I just, I can't wait to, to hear your comments and your feedback about how this practice is working for you in your life. So make sure to leave a comment. Let us know what rang your truth bell and maybe what affirmations are working because we love hearing affirmations. We love like getting some new ones and sign up for the email list because we send them out and whoo. What's the part? If you need some good, like if you're just, if you're struggling right now and you really need more good than what we gave you here, go to the website, www.julesloves.me. There's wonderful uh, blogs and and videos and and we're always trying to add more content there just so that you don't have to, like if you're scrolling on Facebook, you're going to have a wash of positive, negative, neutral in the middle. You can go hang out with us on our side. So next part that's coming up is part four. So subscribe. Make sure you don't miss part four because we're going to bring it in strong with action. So till next time, see ya. You've been listening to Jules Loves Me, the podcast. If you feel uplifted and inspired by the sacred space we created today, support and join our mission by donating on www.julesloves.me. And while you're there, take a look around, check out all the videos and blogs I've put together for you and make sure to subscribe to my email list. And for all you social butterflies, you can follow me on julesloves.me on Facebook and Instagram. Want to support our mission even more? Visit patreon.com slash julesloves.me to become a patron and get even more food to fuel your soul. Join me next time for another wholehearted story Thank you for listening and remember, the light in me loves the light in you.